Learning how to grow your business, that is your job. Being the one to do everything in your business, however, is not. Welcome to That's Not My Job, an introvert's guide to building a business beyond yourself. One of the biggest problems that most entrepreneurs have, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, is shiny object syndrome. And whether that's, you know, grass is greener syndrome or shiny object syndrome, you know, it's all the same to me. I was having a conversation with an entrepreneur um, a few days ago, which inspired, you know, having this conversation in this episode. And this was a newer, uh, newer entrepreneur, you know, was working at W2 and was really excited to uh, really get out of their their job and, and be able to be a full-time business owner. And in the conversation, you know, he had been for multiple years trying to get out of his W-2, essentially is, you know, the language he was using. And, you know, in the conversation, you know, we basically uncovered that he had shiny object syndrome. And this is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, I just want to share, you know, some experiences that I've had with this because I think everyone goes through this and then eventually, you know, has the realization of what they really need to do to be successful, uh, hopefully anyways, um, because I have met people that are, you know, a lot of years in and they just have still not figured out how to have success. So let's dive right in. And I want to start this with a story, right? So for those of you that know me, you know, well at this point, I uh, know that I'm, you know, heavily involved in the real estate industry. That's where, you know, a lot of uh, my foundation has been built around is, you know, real estate investing and, and work as a real estate agent. And so in my early 20s, I was, you know, really excited about real estate and I was working as an agent and I was, you know, not at this point in this story uh, yet working in the real estate investing side of real estate. And so at 21 years old, I buy my first home. And this was a three bed, two bath townhome uh, here in, in, in Mesa, Arizona. And I bought this townhome and I was really excited because I heard of this strategy called house hacking. And so, you know, as a real estate agent, investor, you know, wannabe at that point, I, I got into this home and it was a three bedroom, two bath. And so my plan was I'm going to use this house hacking strategy, which essentially in a nutshell, what house hacking is, is you buy a property, either, you know, a single family home or maybe you buy a duplex, triplex or fourplex and you either rent the rooms out in the home that you're living in or you rent the other units if it's a you know duplex triplex or fourplex to other people which then helps reduce what your monthly mortgage is um, for yourself to have to pay out of your pocket and so that's what i did i lived in the you know master bedroom of this uh, townhome and then i rented the two other bedrooms out to roommates And it was really cool. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy because I, you know, my mortgage at that time was $987 a month. I literally remember it to this day because when I signed for that mortgage, I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a mortgage that I'm going to be responsible for. So I got the mortgage and I I moved in two roommates uh, into that home and I was collecting $800 a month in rent. My other, you know, amount that I had to pay was literally $187 out of my pocket that had to go to the mortgage. And it was interesting, obviously, you know, there's still utilities, which we split between the roommates and, you know, um, some of those other, you know, housing, uh, you know, costs that come up, obviously I took care of as the owner of the property. But this was an amazing thing for me because in this time, I was able to save a lot of money 
and not have to be spending, you know, the biggest expense that all of us typically have are going to be, you know, some, uh, either your rent or your mortgage payment. And so where that was able to relieve a lot of that off my my plate and the pressure of that, I was able to reinvest a lot of that money into my my business, my real estate business that I was working in. And so the interesting thing is naturally, you know, I have this good situation going on and, you know, a couple of years goes down the road and I go to sell the property like a knucklehead. I literally, I regret this to this day ever selling this property, but I'm stupid and got shiny object syndrome because I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm like, I really want to make money faster. I, I just want to grow faster. And I think we could all get into this where you know, I see people on social media that, you know, are driving cool cars and are doing all these cool things. And I'm like, man, like, I just want to make money faster. You know, I was making low six figures as a real estate agent. And I'm like, how do I get bigger chunks of cash coming in? Like, how do I how do I just get bigger chunks? And so here is my grandiose plan. I'm working as a real estate agent. I was going to be, you know, starting my real estate investing journey soon. But what I decided to do was, you know, trickling into Facebook and on Instagram, I see people they're making all this money as far as what it looks like online with automated e-commerce stores. And so I, I see people posting, they're like, you know, making an auto, you know, automated couple thousand dollars a month and passive profit income. And I'm like, holy crap, like I want to do that. And so what I was thinking is, okay, well, I own this property. If I sell it, I can get $40,000 out of the home and I could buy one of these e-commerce automated stores and spend, you know, 20,000 bucks on one and I'll be making a couple thousand dollars net profit a month if I do that. And so I have this amazing idea. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I sell my property like a freaking knucklehead, like I stupid, stupid, stupid. So I sell it so I could buy this store sell the property, um, end up going and then renting at someone else's house. There's no making sense of this. It's just looking back, it looks so stupid, but I'm sharing this because this is really the truth. So I go and start renting from my other friend that he owned his home. So I literally reversed the situation where I was in a good spot house hacking to now <laughs> someone else was using me to house hack. And my the whole thought process was I'm going to make a couple thousand dollars net on this Amazon store and I'm only going to spend 20 grand to do it. So fast forward, I'm getting unfocused from, you know, trying to do the real estate investing because, you know, I'm, I'm working as an agent, but I'm reallocating, you know, money to be able to go into this store. So I sell my condo or my townhome and I get about, I think I got like 45,000 bucks or something when I sold it. And so I'm like, perfect. I'm going to take 20 grand of this. I'm going to buy this store. I'm going to have a couple thousand dollars a month in passive income coming in. And then I'm going to be able to compound that. And then I'm going to buy another store. And at the same time, then I'm going to use the other money and then start doing real estate investing deals. And it's going to be awesome. And so you could probably already guess where this is going. Bought the store four, five, six months goes by. Uh, and my store that's supposed to be making me a couple thousand dollars a month in passive automated income has yet to make any money. My store gets suspended. There's all sorts of nonsense going on. And then the guy that sold me the store is telling me I need to be the one in there managing all of these listings of hundreds of different products that they sold that they told me when they sold me the store were going to be doing for me. And so long story short, if you want to know how to burn $20,000 or more 
DM me on Instagram and I will point you in the direction of all of the e-commerce automated store gurus that will sell you a store that is dog for lack of a better explanation. And what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is one, there's a lot of people that are going to try to sell you online, whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere online, anywhere that they can sell you, they will try to sell you. But the moral of the story is more so the shiny object syndrome. Look, I was a real estate agent already. I understood real estate and I was learning real estate investing at this point. What I should have done was, well, one, I shouldn't have sold the property. But if I did sell it, what I should have done is use that money to either you know, buy another personal home, do house hacking again, and use the remainder of the funds to buy my first rental property outside of that as well. That is the mistake that I made during that process. And I got bamboozled into believing that there is such thing as you know automated stores. So just another just lesson here. If anyone tries to sell you something that's an automated store or automated passive income or if it's automated anything that you don't have to do any work and you just like smack the easy button and you just sit and like collect checks and you just sit, you know, on, on your couch playing video games, probably a scam, probably bullshit. So just letting you know. And so this lesson that I had, you know, really hit me because I, I was... I really believed that this person was telling me the truth. And and the problem is we get ourselves in these situations. And I think the reason that we get shiny object syndrome and we get, you know, this grass is greener syndrome is because here's the story of the entrepreneur. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, here's the story of the typical entrepreneur. And I know this is true because I've talked to thousands of them over the years, and it's the same for all of us. Um, we're a bunch of squirrels. Just, you know, that that's part of it. But this is what happens. We get involved in whatever business. You know, let's just say, you know, uh, you're you're in real estate or you're, you're an insurance salesperson or you're a roofing salesperson or door-to-door, whatever it is that you're involved in. You get involved in that space likely because you're excited to make money, you're excited for the opportunity that's there, someone painted this picture of what it's going to be, and you get involved and you're in, you're kind of in the dating romantic stages, just like in a relationship, like those first three to six months of being involved in this new relationship, it's that, you know, your partner could do no wrong, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend could do no wrong, right? It's like everything is perfect. And they're amazing is kind of the similar thing that you experience in business is you get involved in this new industry, it's exciting, you're learning new things, you're understanding, you know, the possibilities, like you're dreaming of what it could be like. And that's, that's what you're focused on. And so, Fast forward six to 12 months down the road. Now you've started to, you know, the, the chink in the armor is there. You know, like when you're in a relationship, you know, six months, 12 months plus down the road, you know, you start to understand maybe what some of the, I don't even want to call them flaws, but just personality traits or different tendencies that, you know, maybe a significant other has that you just didn't notice and just kind of like, overlooked in the first few months of, of dating. And, and the same is true in business. You know, you tend to overlook a lot of the things that, you know, six, 12 months down the road, you're maybe a little bit more jaded. You've, you know, you've been involved in the business long enough to see the really good stuff, but then also to have banged your head against the wall enough times on some of the negative stuff as well. And so here's what starts to happen. You get to this point, you know, you, you're, you know, maybe you're making money, maybe you're not, you know, regardless of where you're at uh, with the business. You, you know, you get six, 12 months in and what begins to happen is, you know, you, you, you pull out, 
you pull out your phone, you're having a bad day and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and then you see, you know, Susie or Bobby over here has this other business that they're involved in. You know, you're in real estate, you see someone in e-commerce, you're like, whoa, like look at them posting about how much their e-commerce store is doing or you're in e-commerce and you look at someone in real estate. Oh my gosh, this person made that much money on a fix and flip. Oh my gosh, this person has an Airbnb and it's making this much in cash flow every month. Oh my, oh my gosh. And then you're scrolling and you're scrolling. Then you see your friend that has this digital marketing agency and you're like, holy crap, like they're making a hundred grand a month with their agency what am I doing? And then you're scrolling and you continue to scroll and you're like, you see this guy or girl, you know, they're, they're driving this, you know, Ferrari or Lamborghini. And you're like, what the freaking crap? Like they're, they're in the insurance industry. Like what, what am I, what am I doing with my life? And we all do this. And you know, it's, it's at that point where most people, I don't want to say most people, but where a lot of people, they start kind of thinking about, okay, what is, you know, can I get involved in this other industry? Is it easier? Is there more opportunity there? And, and oftentimes you're only getting the highlight reel of what that industry is, like the best of the best, and you're not getting the whole context. And, and just to give this for everyone, when anyone's posting, you know, about the revenue that their company is doing, like for, for example, if somebody's doing a hundred grand a month and you know, they have an agency or, you know, it's uh, an e-commerce store or if it's uh, you know, a roofing company, whatever the company is, they're doing a hundred thousand a month in revenue. Here's something to note. That does not mean they are making 100,000 a month in profit. There are oftentimes a lot of expenses associated with that. And typically here's a rule of thumb. You see someone posting what their revenue is monthly or annually. Depending on the industry, there's a lot of factors in this. And I know someone's going to message me and be like, Cody, you're wrong. That you know This industry is more profitable than that. Or my industry is less profitable than that. I'm giving a general range here. Generally, most industries that I've been involved in, and I have friends in a lot of, you know, uh, from online businesses to brick and mortar to restaurant. I mean, they're the, the gamut of industries. Typically, most industries are running anywhere from like 10% to 30% profit. And th there's a lot of variables in that as well. Like how, prof how proficient is the business owner in finance? How good are they at streamlining operations? You know, how much money are they, do they have to spend in marketing to generate that revenue? What's their payroll look like for their team to be able to generate and support that revenue? There's a lot of factors that aren't included there. So just something to look through the lens of is when somebody posts $100,000 a month, most of the time, you know, they're actually maybe keeping $10,000 to $30,000 a month in that in profit, which is still great. But I just want to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit because a lot of people are full of shit online and they're just really not telling the truth. And so uh, just giving, giving that insight out. And again, like, you know, Pace and I, uh, my business partner, we have, you know, one of our businesses that's all just online info products that, you know, the profit margins there are in the mid 30s or low 40s. So it does really well on a profitability standpoint. But then we have other companies like we have a physical product company that we own together and the margins are a lot lower. It's more like, you know, 10 to 15 percent. And so just again, I'm trying to create some context and also to help you through this shiny object syndrome nonsense that a lot of people have. And, you know, I, I want to tell you another story that uh, was shared with me when I was first starting an entrepreneurship. And, and this is when, you know, I, I was 17 years old and I had a mentor. These words he said to me, it like burned through my soul. 
because of how hard it hit me was I was, you know, I, I started in network marketing. If you've listened to some of the other episodes, you know, I've mentioned this before. And this network marketing company that I started in, there is a guy named Darren Hardy. And so he was a speaker at some of the events that we would do. And this, you know, I first heard it in his audiobook, but then I heard him say it in on stage as well. And the comment, the statement that he said was, if you are not willing to commit to doing this business for four years minimum, leave now. Don't even get started. Like if you're not going to be here four years from now, don't even start. And for some reason, that just kind of like burned, right? Like it kind of like branded onto my, literally onto my soul of, I have to be committed to, you know, seeing this thing through. And so I want to share that same thing that, you know, really stuck with me was, you know, whether it was that network marketing company that I was involved in or, you know, getting into the real estate industry and, you know, now all these, all these other companies now, my commitment was I am going to give this four years of my blood, sweat, and tears of me trying to become the best I can be at this craft, at this industry, at this business. And in four years, if I am not performing or if I am not in a place that I want to be at and I'm not successful at the stage that I want to be, I can have that self-reflection at that point of, okay, is it the business? Is it me? Like what, what's going on that's causing me not to be successful here? And so that is my ask to you as you're listening to this. And as you've went through likely shiny object syndrome and grass is greener on the other side syndrome is whatever industry that you're in, have you drawn a line in the sand and said, I am doing this for the next four years and that is it? There is no, well, I will do it, but you know, if it gets really hard, you know, I'm not going to stay involved or, oh, well, you know, I, if these other things come up, then I might have to get out of the business because my family or, oh, well, you know, if it gets hard and, you know, if I'm not making enough money, I'm going to have to jump ship. That is the type of bullcrap conversation that like poor people use. That is literally the language of the poor is I'm going to try it. And if it, if I magically just become a millionaire in this industry, then, then I'll keep going. Like that is the wrong mindset that you have to have in whatever industry you're getting in. And I don't care what industry it is. But what I do care about is that you make the commitment to burning the boats that this is what I'm doing. And I don't mean when I say burn the boats, like if you're in a W-2 and you need that to support your family, like don't quit your freaking job. You should be working your job nine to five and then you should be going home and then spending time five to nine on the business that you're trying to be involved in until that could actually become a full-time thing and you're able to replace that with your nine to five. And so that is the commitment that you need to make to yourself and then be taking obviously, you know, daily action to get there. And so that is something that I really see a lot of people struggle with. And so that's the kind of the, you know, that shiny object syndrome conversation. And the other thing that I've noticed, and this is kind of in the same realm of the shiny object syndrome people, but I see there's kind of two classes of entrepreneurs in, in this business world. I see the kind of, I call them like the, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle on the current opportunity entrepreneurs. And then I see actual business owner, professional entrepreneurs. Like I see them as two classes. There's the hustlepreneurs and then there's the professional business owner entrepreneur. And what's, what's the difference here? So in my opinion, 
the hustlepreneurs, these are the people like I'm 29 as of the recording of this. And I've seen this all through my 20s is, you know, with different friends and, you know, people that I've met over the years is there's the the hustlepreneurs or the ba- uh, the bandwagon entrepreneurs. These are the people that crypto's hot. So now I'm a crypto trader and I'm a crypto expert and I'm staking crypto and I'm trading crypto and I'm, I'm a consultant for crypto. And then, you know, now crypto goes to shit. And then it's like, all right, now I'm an NFT expert, you know, consultant, crypto expert on my Instagram bio. And then, you know, now NFTs, you know, are not, not as hot anymore. So now it's like, oh, now, now I got to move to the next thing. All right. Real estate's the hot thing. You know, people are posting about it, making a lot of money. The, the market's hot real estate entrepreneur on the Instagram bio, you know, that gets updated every, you know, 12 to 18 months based on whatever's hot. You know, now I'm an e-commerce automation guru expert and, you know, another 12 months goes by and now, you know, you're, you're a digital marketing expert, agency owner, entrepreneur, you know, it's like a, it's like a whole, a whole thing. And it's, it's interesting to me because I really consider these people as the hustlepreneurs because they're doing something new every six, 12, 18 months based on whatever the marketplace is hot at the time. And the thing that I do want to mention is I'm not hating on any of these industries. Obviously, I mentioned real estate. I'm in real estate still. So I'm not hating on any of these. I'm, I'm hating on more so this person that is so impatient that they won't commit themselves to one industry and actually give it freaking four years, give it multiple years of your life to actually create outstanding success in that space. It's just you're not going to create massive success within freaking 12 months. It's just not going to happen. And every time that you switch industries or you switch the hustles that you're doing, you're now having to relearn an entire new industry, an entire new space. And so you're starting from ground zero again and again and again. And and I see people do this. And yeah, maybe some of them make, you know, a few hundred grand or, you know, they, they hustle through and make some you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars one year, but then next year, now they're like on the new hustle trying to figure it out and trying to figure out how to get to that next level. And so that's, there's that bucket of hustlepreneurs. And then there's the other bucket where I would say that you want to be and where, you know, true professionals live, which these are the professional business owner entrepreneurs. These are the people that commit themselves to the space that they're in. And, you know, the question can be asked, well, Cody, you're in a lot of different industries. Like I'm in the real estate space. I have online info products. You know, we have some SaaS products that we promote. We have, you know, physical good, you know, store products that we, you know, we have a, a company with. So we we have a lot of different things. And then we have, you know, our real estate portfolio of properties, you know, investing in different whole life policies and different products on that side of things as well. And so the question could be asked, well, Cody, why is it that you're in all these different spaces? Well, the process was focus, follow one course until successful. I did that in real estate and then used that platform that was built to create additional revenue streams that were complementary at first. And then once I built teams around me to be able to do a lot of these different things and these different companies, I can add on other things very easily and revenues don't fall apart because I'm not the only one doing the hustle of the thing. I have teams that are helping along the way create these things and and help these things be successful. And so 
what I what I'm here to ask you is, you know, where do you want to be? Do you want to just be the person that's jumping on the new hot trend every six, 12, 18 months? And maybe you make some money, but you're always on a new hustle. And it honestly, it's just to me, as a as an actual professional business owner, it loses credibility. Like I don't want to do business with people that are, you know, one month they're a crypto expert and then the next month they're a real estate. Now it's e-commerce. It's it's just it's it doesn't it's not a good look. Or being in the camp of professional business owner, entrepreneur, where you're actually taking the time to work on your skills, to work on your craft and become great at what you're doing. Because if you become great at what you do, the money will come every time. So that is my thought process on this, you know, whole grass is greener on the other side or shiny object syndrome is, you know, it's, it's, it's the power of being able to be disciplined and stay committed to the plan that you set out in the first place. And, and discipline is really, to, you know, the, the way that I look at discipline is doing the thing you said you were going to do long after the feeling you set it in has passed you. Because everyone could be excited day one when they get started with their new business venture. But what about six months later or 12 months later when you've been kicked in the teeth and you're kicked in the shins and you're banging your head against the wall and it's hard? That is the difference maker for the discipline that are going to win and be successful versus those that are going to just end up in the next hustle and be wondering why five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, why they're not millionaires yet and why they haven't achieved the levels of success that they want and continue to watch others around them create the success that they're looking for. So my challenge for you and really just the action item from this conversation is if you don't know where you want to be, and this is this is okay to be in this place. Like maybe you're listening and you're like, I just don't know where I want to be here. This is something that I did when I got out of network marketing and I was kind of uncertain on the industries that I really wanted to be in before I really went all in on real estate. I interviewed different business owners. I interviewed, this is real real talk. I, I talked to some business owners that own pool service companies um, because I like residual income. So I, I wanted to check that out. I talked to some business owners that own pest control companies. I hate bugs. So like I would probably still own one because I love the recurring income, but like I could never be an operator in that. And then I also talked to a couple of business owners that own franchises just to see like, okay, maybe I should just buy a franchise of some sort and, and just run that. I got into the corridor and had conversations with business owners about the good and the bad in a few different industries that I was kind of interested in to see if it's something that I wanted to pursue. And obviously we know the story. Real estate was where I ended up and that's where you know the foundation was built on everything that I've been involved in to this point. But that is something that I'd recommend to anyone that is not certain on the path that they want to take. Because if you go through that, you're going to be spending multiple years doing what you're doing. And if you do what, I, what I'm telling you to do, which is commit four years of your life to whatever the next trade that you're going to be getting involved in is, take the time, take a month, meet different business owners and fields that you're interested in being involved in and understand what that looks like. So then when you make the decision to move forward, you can move forward with certainty that I want to be in this space and then not quit on the first hard day because you know from conversations that you had with the other business owners what the good and the bad looks like, not just the highlight reel on Instagram or Facebook or on YouTube. Because the, you know, the, the facts are all of these industries are hard as
every business I'm involved in, we have problems every single day. It just looks like it, you know, is operating all great, but we have problems daily, whether it's a people problem, a technology problem, you know, a finance problem, like all sorts of stuff. And so that's just something that you have to keep in mind is, you know, don't just look at the good. There's always going to be challenges and some bad things with any business that you're going to be getting involved in. And so that's what I'd recommend you to do. So um, with that being said, if this was helpful, Make sure to share the uh, share that that's not my job podcast with friends. Make sure if you haven't already, leave a five star review so I can continue getting these messages out to other uh, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, introverts, people like yourself, and getting this message out there to help more people win in business and build a business beyond themselves. So, with that being said, make sure again to subscribe, and we'll catch you in the next episode.